0: Welcome to Thrive in Business Together with Nikki and Ness.
1: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country, the Yagara and Wurundjeri people of Brisbane and Melbourne respectively, where Nikki and I both work and live.
0: beautiful listeners. And Ness and I are so pumped to be in your listening ears, your AirPods, your headphones, your speaker today. Hello, Ness. How are you feeling today? Yeah, great. Thank you. You're all rugged up with the heater on. It's middle of winter and yet it feels like spring up here in Brisbane. I'm just going to say that, not to make you all jealous for those of you that are not in Queensland. But anyway, look, we're going to talk about a really classic topic, I suppose. We like to talk about productivity and time management. And I want to share with you a very strong opinion, belief that Ness and I have that may ruffle some feathers that you may disagree with at the beginning of this conversation, but I'm sure you're going to be on board with it by the end of the conversation. And it is this, listen up, my friends, because you do not need another time management tool. And if you're watching, I'm looking at you, I'm making hardcore eye contact here. You do not need another time management tool. So we often go to that place of thinking, I need another tool, a framework, because I need more time. I want more time. And look, we get it. You are under the pump. You may feel overwhelmed. You're definitely on Juggle Street. There's a million balls in the air. And it can feel like a lot. And you're thinking, how am I going to fit this into my day? I need to find time. And of course, we all have the same amount of time. You're not going to find more time. It's about what you do with your time, which is then what leads to this search for more time management tools, frameworks. Now, I've been on a little experiment for the last 18 months. Ness, you've been along for the ride with me around sure this. Have. Yep. I'm pretty excited about these stats. I find it fascinating actually, and I'm just going to read off my screen here so I get it right. Just last week, I Googled the term. The exact term was how can I manage my time more effectively? Guess how many? Just, just pause for a moment. I want you to think in your mind and kind of, you can say it out loud if you want, even though we can't hear you. <laughs> Guess how many search results came back? How many search results ca- do you think came back on Google in less than half a second? I asked this in a workshop last week and I had answers from 50,000, 3 million, 100,000. Ness, what comes up for you? What do you think when i ask asked that question? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the last time we talked about it, it's whatever you have in mind, it is way,
1: way more than that. So what is it, Nick, now?
0: That's right. 2.7 billion search results. 2.7. Did you say billion? I said billion. B, B for Bob. Goodness me. But what I find even more interesting about this stat is that just over a year ago in April last year, I Googled exactly the same phrase, 1.6 billion. So in just over a year, there is more than 1 billion options that we have available. I mean, that in itself is overwhelming. And six months prior, It was only 514 million search results in a half a
1: second. What does that tell you about what's going on in the world post-COVID?
0: Yeah, we're on the search for time management. We're on the search for how we can create this illusion or feeling of having more time. And this reminds me again of another episode. I know we've referred to this episode a couple of times, but around the being and the doing, Mm -hmm. falling into the trap of what can I do more? It, it, the other thing I think it tells us is that you're not alone. You ain't the only one that is searching for these so answers. True. I just think that it is it is a representation
1: of us looking for a band-aid fix. Mm. And I don't know how many people I've coached over the years who have asked me to provide them with like, one of the reasons I want to coach is I want to work on a, what sort of time management skills I can improve on. And I know that when I ask them, how many time management courses have been on? Oh, like five (laughs) or six. (laughs) When was the last time? Oh, six months ago. How's that working out for you? Oh, not at all. Because it's just, it's so much more than just finding the solution to the problem. We don't go deep enough. To understand what's driving that problem. And I think that's where we're going to go today, isn't it, Nick?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good point. And there's also some new books coming out. Um, 4,000 Weeks is a great example. We'll put a link in the show notes where these self proclaimed ex productivity experts. Mm -hmm. So they were on this mission as well with the 2.7 billion people (laughs) that are searching. Well, actually, that's the results that came back, but they were productivity experts and they've realized. That it's actually not about that. Yes, there's a component of understanding some different strategies to be able to be more effective and efficient, but you probably already know them. Like Ness Mm. said, you've already done the workshops. You've already looked into that. You've probably already Googled your own version of what we're talking about. And yet still you're in the same position. So, (laughs) what is it, Ness, that you think is really the clincher to help? Because what we're going to talk about is what we're going to talk about is really going to help put those time management tools into practice. What do you think is the clincher? If it's not the time management tool itself, Hmm. what is going to create this change, this space? I believe that so much
1: of the things that we look for solutions to problems for externally, the problem starts within us, right? And what I mean by that is the belief system that we have when it comes to time. So one of the things that has Always, always struck me when I've been in those spaces of there's not enough hours in the day, and I wish I had more time. And it ebbs and flows through life depending on the phase of life, the season that we're in. You know, I think back when I had little kids and I was working full time, a single mom, blah, 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 like I had no time, right? But it always used to fascinate me because I go, some of the biggest names in the world, people who run multiple businesses, you know, think of Steve Jobs, you think of um, Russell Brunson, you think of Barack Obama at the time, Oprah Winfrey they all have exactly the same number of hours in the day that I do. So what is it that they do differently? how do they view time because I'm just running my own business thinking oh my God there's not enough hours in the day but how do people you know view through that lens of we all have the same amount of time and how we view that and what beliefs we have about it will determine the experience that we have in life and I think that's why, the solution of getting a, going on a course, like, yes, you learn great tips for that, but it has to start with an internal shift around the way that you view time and the choices that you're making about what you believe about it. Would you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. And even when you said then around when you're a single mom and you had no time, I also want to kind of reframe that to go, because, because again, for our own version of whatever that looks like, We can say, I have no time, but the reframe is actually there is a heck of a lot that you are doing with your time. Yeah, for sure. And there is so much. And I think, you know, what might come up for people as well is, well, the Richard Bransons and the Oprah Winfreys, you know, they have a lot of people around them to help cook for them and clean for them and, you know, all the outsourcing. So yes, that is true. They're still very busy people, though, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So it's not about comparing what resources we have available with somebody else. It's about understanding that actually what we're spending our time on is what we are prioritizing. And that's why as a single mom, you feel like you have no time because you're prioritizing your kids a lot (laughs) and they're taking up a lot of that time or whatever that version is for you in that scenario. And so we have to start to look under the hood of, well, actually, am I prioritizing the best things? in my day in my week and hands down one of the things that a lot of people aren't prioritizing is themselves is self care i i we ran a workshop for the australian nappy association mm. and there's a lot of you know business owner busy mamas in that group and we were kind of joking and laughing about well you know if you can do a 60 second meditation like do it when you're on the toilet <laughs> Do it when you're having a little moment. You know, you can shut the door. I know sometimes if you've got young kids, you might not have that moment, Uh, but you can always find a way to create that space and that self-care are you stuck in the busy trap or on juggle street being all things to all people despite having a team or perhaps your business is feeling chaotic do the mini business health check to get 10 strategies in under 10 minutes so you can get time freedom back experience peak performance and finally leverage smart growth in your business head over to b2businesstogether.com.au forward slash health check And if you're ready for us to help in a more hands-on way, email us at hello at businesstogether.com.au and we'll set up a time to chat. So what do you think, Ness, is one of the biggest things that hold people back from really embracing this concept? Because essentially what we're saying here is that it's not just the external tools and strategies that you are doing and implementing. It starts with our belief and our mindset around time and even that concept of what we're saying about time internally, mm. in internal voice, inside voice, or ex- external voice, outside voice, <laughs> that kind of leads us to this language piece. Do you want to share a little bit? What are your thoughts in terms of how our langu- language can actually be a barrier yeah, to for this sure. mindset and belief? Look, I
1: believe as business owners or leaders in business, We take on the responsibility of being available for the people that we lead. So there is an element, I think, of our belief system that as the leader in the business, we do need to be available to people and we do need to make sure that our time is given to others, that they have access to us. So... I believe that in our language, we can be our own worst enemy because we start to talk about that we should be doing things. We should be available. We're the only ones who are able to solve the problem or everybody else needs a bit of me before I can do what matters to me the most. So when we get stuck in this busyness, often we're prioritizing others before ourselves. And I remember back from the conversation we had with Leah Mether, actually, in relation to the ability to communicate your boundaries and be really uh, clear around why that is. So having time to do what's important to you so that then when you have time for others, you can be fully present for that. And so I think that what stops us from moving into that place, one, we think there's not enough hours in the day because of our lack of ability to prioritise because we're prioritising other people above our needs. And then also what we're telling ourselves in relation to the shoulds, we start shooting all over ourselves. I should be more available. I should be able to do everything. I should be able to be a mother and run a business and be a great friend and partner and all the things in the world. And that's, I think, something that really starts to let us down because our language then becomes really restrictive and restrictive about what it is that is available to us. And what often starts to happen is we get this thing where we feel like everything external is influencing us but I have to go to that thing. I have to be available to see my mum for dinner. I have to take the kids to their school play and attend it. I, I can't just drop them off and run. <laughs> you know, it's all of that pressure we put on our shoulders and on ourselves in relation to what we should be doing about our time.
0: Mm, so powerful. There's so much in terms of the language around that. So there's the shooting, there's the expectation, there's the fear of not wanting to let people down. And then also what I'm hearing in that is this language of, I have to, I need to, it must be me. And what that implies is I don't have a choice. When we use language like I have to do X, Y, Z, you're essentially telling yourself that you're not choosing to do it. And one of the hard truths we have to face is that every action we take, we are choosing to do it. Whether we realize it, believe it or not in the moment. There is always more than one option. Yes, sometimes the other option isn't desirable. It isn't what we want, but it's still an option. Mm. And what comes to mind is I recently heard uh, a conversation between a couple of businesswomen and one of the women was saying that she was in hospital, her mum was in hospital and she was visiting her mum and she had to have a client meeting while at hospital. Now, hmm, interesting, interesting, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Did she actually have to... Or did she choose to? Nobody is forcing us to do things. I'm not saying that that was an easy decision, or that there's, you know, the other option, maybe letting a client down. There might not be somebody that can take the meeting, and might be pushing back a deadline. We're not saying that the second or third option is one that we necessarily want or joy, but there is always an option. And so, one of the first things I want you to take away from this episode in this conversation is awareness of your language are you telling yourself that I have to do X, Y, Z? Because if you notice that type of very black and white closed Mm -hmm. off language, that's an indicator that you are telling yourself you don't have a choice. And please hear me or see me Mm -hmm. when I say you do have a choice. You absolutely do have a choice. And the first step in this is owning that. If you're working long hours at cost of whatever that might be, self-care, time with family, you are choosing to do that. And if your response to me in this conversation is, yeah, but I have to, mm. or yeah, but nobody else will, or yeah, but anything. Yeah, yeah but. Anything <laughs> up to the but. I, I, it's
1: interesting you say that. You're reminding me of a conversation I had way back when I was first married and I worked for a consulting company. And they so they did a lot of human behavior stuff. And uh, I would have been in my late twenties. And I remember my husband at the time, his Christmas party and my Christmas party fell on the same night, but I hadn't got in early enough to tell him that we were going to mine. So then he said, we're going to his. And I remember being really upset because i wanted to go to mine, right? But we were married. And so you had to go to them each other's. I don't know what rule that was, but we decided <laughs> that was the rule. And I remember going back to my boss and going, I'm so annoyed because he's making me go to his Christmas party. Ooh. And she was like, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not making you do anything. You're choosing. I went, no, no, my choice would be to come here, but he's telling me I have to go to his and I have to because I'm his wife. And she was like, uh-uh, you take responsibility. You're making a choice to go to his party over this party. And, you know, you could choose differently, but the consequences you would have to face. Yeah. So you're choosing between those two options, whatever's going to be the best for the relationship, for example, or create the less stress. And that had stuck with me forever because I was like really defending myself, going, no, he's making me. And this is where the distinction comes for me because I think often we feel like everybody else is making us. Like, you know, my mum's making me go to this thing that I don't want to go to. But we are actually making a choice all the time. And the thing that I think helps is rather than I have to go somewhere. It's that I'm actually choosing to prioritise my children or prioritise my relationship with my mum or prioritise my marriage over my socialising with my friends and my work colleagues. And it is uncomfortable and and I'd rather just whinge sometimes, let's face it. (laughs) But that's the reality. And I think when we shift that language, it's a great reminder to ourselves that we always have a choice. And of course, sometimes the other option is horrible and we don't want to go down that path, but we always, always have a choice. And I think that, you know, in so many scenarios through my career, I've often put it on other people and blamed them for, you know, situations that I didn't necessarily want to be in. I didn't want to work late, but, you know, I felt like I had to because my boss wanted this done by the next day. But the reality is it's all the choices I made throughout the day that got me to that point where I wasn't ready because I was being everything to everyone else and available and the manager that, you know, people could come and talk to anytime I wasn't putting a boundary around when I was available to others. So this is why I say it's mindset. Don't do another management tool session workshop unless you're willing to explore where your mindset sits with it and then are willing to challenge it and change it.
0: Yeah. That also reminds me of a conversation with a a client around, uh, you know, she was quite frustrated, I will say, because when there were strict boundaries, she wanted to have a boundary in place around leaving work at a certain time. Young child at home, she was happy to come in early, but that was her boundary. And of course, I'm sure that Eunice and a lot of people listening will will resonate. As soon as she would leave the office, there was like a line to her. Oh, I've just got this question. Oh, the, and so the, the conversation that I had with her was exactly what you just said. What are you doing earlier in the day? How are you managing not just your workload, but expectations of the people around you? And yep. so she started to focus on that throughout the day checking in, is there anything else you need? And then also really clearly communicating. We talk a lot about communicating the boundary, but the work she'd done earlier in the day meant that everybody was either taken care of or they were okay to wait the next day because then as she's walking out, she can say, hey, great, we'll catch up on that tomorrow. So I think that's a really important perspective and reminder. It's not just what you're doing in this moment. You've Mm. got to think about your setup. I would say the 12 hours prior, how have you set that up? And even your mindset, you know, you can't just decide. Well, for some people, you're so ready for this mindset shift. Yes, you can just decide to think differently about this, but most likely it's going to take a little bit of practice. It's going to take some effort. It's going to be maybe working with your coach or working, talking about this with other people, lead by example, give yourself and per- others permission for this space. And there's one thing I want to also just drop in here is that, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about, even personally. Sometimes we have to say no to the things that we want to say yes to. Mm. You might want to be there for your people. You might want to be able to answer all of their questions. But sometimes we have to say no or not now to the things we want to say yes to. This is definitely the case in personal life. I mean, there's so many cool things going on. And I'm like, I want to go to that event. But I have to say no because I have to manage my energy and my time. So that's a really another lasting, oh gosh, there's always so much, isn't there? there's, so, <laughs> so, many golden there's so many
1: different rabbit warrens we could go down with this, which is great because I think what it does is to help People understand when we say there's a choice, there's so many different perspectives to mm. come at this from. So it isn't black and white because, uh, you know, this obviously shifting a mindset it, it isn't is something you could choose to do straight away, but most people like a little bit more convincing and we're yeah. unraveling habit, habits, right? Yes. We're unraveling what we have built up to at this point in our career or at this point in our lives. So yeah. it really is about starting with that shift. So I wonder, Nick, you know, what? what's some practical ways that people can actually start to explore shifting their mindset when it comes to managing their time? Because I can assure you that if someone's feeling uh, stressed out, overwhelmed, overworked, not enough hours in the day, it's a pretty heavy space to be sitting in because I know from my own experience when I'm there, it's hard to see beyond there. And uh, it's hard to make that step to to move forward because you don't even have the time to sit down and really reflect on it. So for these busy people, yeah. <laughs> you know, what yeah. is something we can really start to turn the wheel on so that they can get out of this busy trap and starting to look towards having the ability to have the freedom to choose. Some of their time for themselves or whatever they want to focus on.
0: So, I think the action for this weakness is just a very simple reflection of our language. So, I, I want the listeners to answer this question I would have more time, but mm. fill in the blank what comes up for you, because what you're going to uncover there is the first belief that is holding you back. Mm. And even reflect on this conversation we've had, do you resonate with that language around I have to, it must be me. If it's not me, it's someone else. If you're resonating with that language, then that's a real indicator that most likely you're subconsciously choosing to stay stuck where you are. And I actually think that the action is just owning that, sitting in the discomfort of that if you resonate with that. And of course, then the next step is how do I turn that around? And maybe we'll record another app. There's a really cool framework that we use to uncover, you know, because we don't have finite... The reality is also we don't have an infinite amount of time. So we have to look at how are we prioritizing where we spend that time. I feel like that could be another podcast app that we dedicate to the practical component of understanding where you spend your time. But for right now, I would have more time. Or is there a better question, Ness? Is it I would have more time, but...
1: I think that's a pretty good starting point because already what jumps to mind when I think of over the years, like I'd have more time, but my kid's are little, I'm a single mom. I'm just starting a business. I have, you know, I have so many events that I have to go to. Like there's so much we can put in that space Mm. because I think that's the first thing to do when somebody, when someone goes, here's a solution. We, I go, we like to defend our position, right? And you go, actually, you could free up some more time. No, I can't because, you know, <laughs> if I had more time, that would be great. But I don't because, so it could be but because, yeah. um, you know, I've got this on and this on and this on. And whenever I get to that point, and sometimes we talk about busy seasons, right, where work is building up or I'm studying out of work or like from my last six months, I'm moving house like way too much, all of those kinds of things. Yes, there was lots on and, and it was a busy time. But sometimes I had to stand back and remind myself that they were all choices that I made. It wasn't that somebody, you know, held a gun to my head and said, "You have to move house." That was my choice to to make a change in my lifestyle. I studied because I chose to do that. I I put my application in. I was, you know, a willing participant in that. And the consequence of that meant that my time was taken up with those choices that past me had made, <laughs> and now present me uh, was having to deal with. And it's just it helped me to be able to have a different perspective on it because instead of feeling that everybody is wanting a bit of me, it was just that actually I could choose to, I could choose not to move. I could choose to put this on hold. Like it started to open up. I do have other choices and this is just how it is right now. And I'm okay with that. So it's really exploring the but, 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 and then, and then deciding do I want to do something about that? And that's where we start to, you know, mix it in with our values and so on. So uh, for me, when I when my kids were at home, and they were little, like my family was really important, and feeling like, you know, as being the best mum I could be was a really high value that I wanted to place a priority on, rather than feeling like I had to be here, there, and everywhere. So, uh, so yeah, I think it really comes down to that ability to explore and sit with it, and then you know, and and counterintuitively take the time to do that. And it's about the silence and the space, isn't it?
0: And taking that time could just be spending a couple of minutes after this podcast episode. The next time you're going for your walk, don't listen to a podcast, ponder on this. You can find different ways. It doesn't have to be war and peace in a really long time. And and again, it's about owning what choice am I making? Does it make me feel uncomfortable to realise that actually I'm choosing this path? Ness, I think that's us for today. We would love to hear from you how you have gone with this exercise. Did we challenge your thoughts a little bit, your feelings? How did you feel? Did you get frustrated with us? If you did, that's actually a good thing. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. (laughs) It means that we're getting you to think in a different way. Or maybe you're celebrating what you already have achieved in this space. And we would love to hear from you. Have an amazing day, everybody, and we will see you next week. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's ep. If you loved what you heard, find us on LinkedIn and let us know what you enjoyed. Also, don't forget to rate and review. And of course, share this episode with your biz besties. Ness and I are obsessed with helping you break through your business and life barriers to get you to your next frontier of growth. We bring two business minds and two perspectives into your business. As the magician, I help connect the dots, see the possibilities and the hidden potential. And as the architect, Ness turns those possibilities into practice, implementing plans and frameworks. Because let's face it, every vision needs a practical pathway to success. We offer business health checks, taking you from chaos to clarity in just 30 days. Are you curious to find out more? Send us an email or go old school and give us a call. All our details are in the show notes and on our website. Until next time, happy listening and here's to thriving in business and life.